This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Look right down any crowded hall. You'll see there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? One always calls out to you. The other's shy and quiet. Could there be two different girls who look the same at Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High? Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley Welcome to Pi Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of the Sweet Valley High TV series, episode by episode. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, we have two very special guests from across the ocean. You know them on screen as Enid and Winston, but they are Amy Danless and Michael Pearl, and we are Absolutely delighted to welcome them to Pi Beta Alpha. Thank you. Great to be here with you guys. So happy to be here. Well, we are going to to dive right in by asking you a uh, a fairly obvious question. But how? Uh, start with you, Amy. How did you come to play the role of one of what's I would call one of Sweet Valley's most iconic characters? <laughs> Um, well, it's interesting because I actually was, I just moved to Los Angeles and I saw in the, you used to be able to get like backstage, it was like a paper and it would have like auditions on it. And I heard that they were having auditions. So I, I think I sent in like my headshot or something, Mike, I don't know if it was the same for you. And they actually called me in for a character called Regina. <gasps> oh, <was> Regina. <laughs> Yes, this is deep dirt. This is deep. Oh my god! So me, so yeah, so me, the crazy like, you know, I can do whatever I want to do type of person was like, I showed up and I was like, oh no, I'm not reading for Regina. I'm reading for Enid, and I had overalls on. I wore the overalls to like all the callbacks. I had the t-shirt and I had these big like brown Doc Martens on. My hair was like down to my waist and I went into, they called me in the room and I said, I actually want to read for Enid. And they're like, oh, okay. All right. Read for Enid. And I think actually like after my, after I read once, they called me back like in the room for the role and like really the rest is history. We, we had auditions in Burbank, California in this little building. And I mean, we were together, Michael, weren't we for like almost all of the how many yeah. callbacks did we have? Like four? I, I mean, I know for me, it's it was at least four. Uh, yeah, around the four. third or fourth, I'm like, there's no way they're picking me. They're just like <laughs> dragging me along here. Like these guys are jerks. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> I mean, they had a lot of callbacks. A lot, a, a lot. lot of callbacks. Yeah. And they would bring us in and like, you know, they would be like, okay, you and, you know, in groups, because they wanted to see like chemistry, like who went with mm. who and... um. And so, yeah, and then Regina never even made it 
to the show. Sure. I don't even know if she was like going to be a, a series regular or, or what, but yeah, I mean, that's how it happened. If I would have auditioned for Regina, I probably would have never played Enid. I don't know. Oh, well, she is an iconic character in the books who tragically dies of a coke overdose and terrified an entire generation of preteens <laughs> in the mid 80s. So, Nancy wow. Pascal was not messing around. She will not. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so Michael, how did did you see that same ad? Uh, no, how did you? Uh, so, at the time, I had um, I had an agent, and uh, they uh, they had sent me on the call, and I just went on. It's not like today, where if I got a call for a series regular, I'd be incredibly stoked. I was so young; it was one of the hmm. only things I had ever gone on. I'm like a series regular, whatever. So I went in, <laughs> and I just did me, and uh, it was a while before I got a call back. I'm like, okay, so I didn't do that well, so they didn't. Yeah. And uh, and then Ashley, who I think was the associate casting director. Um, called me in and said, before you go into the room, I need to meet with you in the hall. And I'm like, okay. Um, and he hands me these uh, horn rim glasses. He's like, you have to wear these. Cause I didn't wear glasses at the time. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> I, my eyesight was fine. And, um, and he's like, you, he's like, you, they, they, they didn't want to bring you in because you, you just, you, for them, you weren't the right look, wear these. I was like, okay. So I wore those and from every audition forward at that point, every callback, I wore the glasses. So uh, I believe his name is Ashley and I feel really, uh, I feel yeah, really low and groove. Yes. Thank name. you. So yeah, and Katie he, Ballin, he was the assistant. He yes. Was like the assistant yes and he, uh, I don't know if it came from him or if it came from above him, but he was the one who delivered me the glasses. Uh, so thank you, Ashley. <laughs> wow, what a way to get a part. That's all right. That's okay. Um, <laughs> oh, that's great. So that's the um, story of Enid in, in Winston. Yeah. Oh, that's what an origin story. I love it. Not that Regina could potentially have been in it. We never met Cynthia and Brittany until we had all been cast. It was yeah. only the supporting roles. They yeah. came like a totally different road than we did. So until we showed up for that first meet and greet, we had we didn't know who who they were. We didn't know who oh. was going to play them. They weren't a part of any of our casting journey at all. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. ended up at the very end. Yeah. But that is, I guess, because they like they they were so limited with having to have actual twins. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, and they were perfect for it. So yeah. they they, they went to Gainesville and found them. Yeah. Wow. They yeah. Were, Tar- hunt, not hunted down. That sounds a bit too I sweet, Valley. Pretty <laughs> apt description there. Yeah. I mean, how many blonde t- twin teenagers who can act uh, do you feel? There's probably not a lot. They probably really went after them. So, like, at the time, how familiar were you guys with the whole Sweet Valley phenomenon? Like, Michael, for you as a guy, I suppose, would you have had you heard of it? I mean, was it I even on your radar? Books, I had the posters on the wall. The <laughs> um, you know, uh, totally team Liz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I had no idea who Francine Pascal was. I had no idea mm. what the uh, initials SVH stood for. Um, it, took, it took me by total surprise what a phenomenon it was um and then it wasn't until after i was uh part of the show that i realized like i'm one of nine people who are representing thousands and thousands of of kids and young adults like 
the, a, a physical representation of, of what they've been involved with for years. Mm-hmm. It was really pretty astounding, very humbling. Same with me. I, I never read the books. I, really? No, I didn't. I really didn't. Yeah, it just wasn't in my wheelhouse, I guess, when I was, you know, a young girl. And so it was the same for me. And then I just obviously, you know, as we started doing the show, I started reading the books and, you know, fell in love with the characters like everyone else. And, you know, um, it was a pretty special time. It definitely was. Yeah. And Enid and Winston are both a lot, especially Enid, because um, Winston is a fun character in the books, but Enid mm. in the books is not as, uh, is can often be just sort of the sidekick um, friend. But, you know, you you both make the characters uh, a lot more, you know, uh, appealing than they are on the page. Did you have much, you know, input in how the characters developed as the as the series went on um because you do get a lot of show stealing whether it's doing some dance moves or you know, <laughs> <laughs> up, i mean how uh amy did you did you approach enid as a character or how did you how did you see her uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to be honest. I think Enid was me at the time. I really <laughs> do. I think that Enid lived inside of me from like day one, and so all of the it just played into my personality. She just did. She just uh, I, I just felt like from the moment I stepped and picked up those sides, my very first audition, I just I I like knew I was like this is that's she's me. Like this is me. This is. And so, and I will say that as, you know, the writers were really good about, I think, looking at each character and seeing what we were doing and writing to us. Wouldn't you say, Michael? Because as the characters developed, the scripts became, they played into it. You know, they, they really did. So. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Did you you find that as well then, Michael, that you did? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I much, much like Amy, I feel like a lot of Winston already lived in me. I, I'm just this massive incurable dork. And, <laughs> and I, I feel like Winston is not, wasn't, they did a fairly good job, the writers and the showrunners, I think of not totally making him two dimensional. I think mm-hmm. there's, there's a, a little bit there to explore. Uh, I'm going to sound like such a nerd right now but as an actor there was there was there was stuff there to explore and so i was really thankful to them for that you know it's it, it was a non-union show it, it had a reasonable budget but not a massive budget like the saved by the bells but they still really paid attention to story they paid attention to uh production value as much as possible i feel like they did write for us as the actors in those characters um i I didn't really, uh, I didn't really feel like it was my place to cross that line to talk to the writers about where I thought the character should go until the very end of the last season, where I just had a couple of ideas and I brought them up as maybe if, uh, but I, I never assumed that I was someone even partially in charge of where Winston was going. They gave me what to do. And it was my job to interpret that the best I could and work with the directors. And I also think because they were books, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that I felt like they sort of knew where they were going because we mm. were based on, you know, mm. the 
these these literature characters that um that we didn't it, it wasn't so much where the stuff was coming out of thin air and we could sort of make our suggestions and and things like that i feel like there was already a roadmap Right. There was all this canon already that, right. Mm-hmm. They weren't just going to go way off the rails on this. Because even if they wanted to, um, uh, Francine Pascal was an executive producer. I'm sure she had all kinds of control. She wasn't going to let, you know, Winston all of a sudden become this complete other person or, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I think it's a credit to you, Amy, that uh, Enid got as much as she did, because I heard many times that Enid was kind of a very small supporting character in the book line. Mm, And you had some really, really great stuff. So that I think is a credit to you. The fact that you said that it uh, that Enid reminded you of yourself because we do always say because I was a teenager, a teenager in the early mid nineties as well, and oh, I think um, we do say that she is the ultimate nineties teen. She's the one who <laughs> looks and acts like somebody who was you know um, who was a teenager in nineteen ninety three or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the it's a very authentic nineties teen vibes. All right. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> was there um so like was there something particularly memorable or like really memorable experiences I guess from the show and, and your run in it? Amy, that you could think. I'll, of? I'll go unless you want me to go first, but I go I first. Mean, our, our, <laughs> the first thing that I think we had a ton of memorable experiences. I mean, mm. all flying as a cast to um, the Mall of the Americas and doing like a meet and greet before i think it was right before the show came out right right before the break i think so that was huge we you know we all got to fly together and stay in a hotel and we had like this big like you know francine was there and we like signed autographs and you know this was everyone's first you know really big acting job so it was it was amazing and you know the fir- the the saturday morning when our the first episode premiered we all spent the night together and like watched oh, it. Oh, you know it started so out on saturday mornings um, and then it ended up going to like an after school show um so you know we were yeah i mean we it was you know it was it was it was just a great time you know we were all so young and and like i said this was our first you know big acting experience for all of us. And so we were going through that together and um, it was just magical. It was a magical time. It really was. Yeah. Michael. Um, much like Amy, I feel like I, I attach some of the greatest times with these guys when we traveled. Um, we went to Oxnard, Oxnard up in Ventura County to the, to this beautiful hotel resort resort area that I was told was the um, the the cover art for the Eagles album Hotel California. That, <laughs> that, that hotel. And by that time I was 2021 20, and that album was pretty much all I was listening to. And so it <laughs> made a big impact on me personally. And the fact that I was getting paid to be there with people who I really loved being with, I was like, well, it's not going to clearly get better than this. Like I might as well, like just, this is it. I'm just going to put a cap on it. I've peaked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, peaked. I'm funny and I've peaked. I don't know what to do. Okay. Um, I'm in the Hotel California though. <laughs> uh, and then the other one was we went to Riverside, which is not exactly the, the, the place where you think, oh, this is where 
you go to find something incredibly beautiful. Not to say anything bad about Riversideans, that's not really a word, or people who live in Riverside, or Riverside <laughs> is a town even. But I would never think, well, Riverside is where I'm going to go to be completely inspired by architecture. But we went to this place called the Mission Inn and shot at the Mission Inn in Riverside. And it was, without a doubt, one of the most astonishing pieces of architectural achievement I've ever experienced. And I'm not like, I'm not one who like just goes for hyperbole all the time. It was beautiful. And every moment that I wasn't shooting, they were great because they, they treated us really well there. So they would take us on little tours. So it was this insane monk who built the place and he built it in like different, uh, he, he was inspired by different kind of architectures around the world. And so he, he made different parts of this huge, massive hotel. And there's this part that's inspired by Japan, part that is inspired by the British Isles, by Germany, by Mexico. And it's like, you're an Epcot center, but one that, <laughs> one that existed in this crazy monk's mind a hundred plus years ago. Um, and then just to be there though, with these people, uh, it was, um, yeah. And then to be a little Hallmark, Cardi, cheesy, just going to work was a great experience just on a daily. It was because oh, wow. it, it can, it can get, it can get grindy on a non-union show. You know, you can go mm. sometimes six days a week, 16 hours a day. They work you, mm, but, wow. but you're, this is your first job you've done. You're, you're absolutely thrilled to be working at the age you are with the people you're working mm. with. It was a pretty no drama set behind the cameras there just wasn't a lot of drama like we we were cool with each other it was a great experience i think because everyone was happy we were happy to be there you know we were happy to be there and we we did for the most part we had a lot of fun yeah a lot of fun (laughs) i was genuinely just so nice to hear because we've been yeah Yeah. um but actually i mean the 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 show could have you know a full-on James Bond parody in one episode uh, <laughs> with bombs fly, you know, flying around or the, the, the next time you'd have some, you know, probably emotional drama, then you'd have the twins being kidnapped. I mean, what sort of, which were your favorite sort of episodes to, to work on the sort of really high comedy ones or the more dramatic, I mean, we serious all ones? over the place, weren't we? I mean, we, <laughs> all we really were. I mean, uh, Oh, what are you going to say? No, you go first. I'm, there's I mean, a lot. Okay. I know, I'm okay. So like- I'm just going to come up with one that was just really fun. I think it was the end of the first season. It was the Halloween episode. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, I, I had my uh, head on a table. Like I, I was beheaded. <laughs> and I just remember that whole situation was incredibly like summer camp fun because we were doing it late. That particular sequence I remember was late, late, late at night. And um, it was, I think one of the prop guys, it might've even been Blaine. I'm not sure. Um, he was the one who was basically the neck and he was under, oh. he, was under this, he was under this table with the, you know, not to pull back. <laughs> the, yeah. And, and he was just, he was just so, and I'm amazed that it got through whatever sensors or whatever, because that was pretty bloody. Like it had a little it blood coming out, yeah. out of the fake vein thing. And so I think it was Blaine in there. He was such a trooper and so just, he was always, so he's, he was props on the show. He was such a, a, a joy to be around. And, um, and then my head just kind of next to him and everybody's kind of cramped and uncomfortable and there's a ton of smoke and it's i think it's 
for whatever reason, I want to say it was really late. It was like 11, 12, 1, somewhere around there. And we were just at the end of the day and everyone was slaughtered and so tired. But uh, <laughs> we, we were have it was, it felt like summer camp. We were, well, we were making a movie. Yeah. And anytime we had to do overnights, it was just fun because everyone just by, you know, 2 a.m., we were just all just bonkers. Right. <laughs> so, like, crazy, crazy stuff would happen, happen in the trailers. We'd be eating so much, laughing, freezing cold. I mean, it was just, it was mayhem. So those were always. <laughs> it was. It totally was. <laughs> it it totally was. was. Um, yeah. And just being able to like go shoot at the beach, you know, those were always really fun. Sh- Whenever we got to go anywhere, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we get to leave Valencia? But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't, I can't, I don't know. There were so many episodes that were just really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's, cafe was always fun to shoot in. Oh, yeah, you know, we would get reprimanded so much for talking. We were still kids <laughs> in so many ways, even though we all were super <laughs> mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like you got any more than two of us in one of those booths at the Moon Beach, man. Oh, no. our ads. They they we tested their patience. Those poor <laughs> poor people. We, we were just little kids. Them. We were so happy. <laughs> it does sound like a kind of you know, like you said, being in summer camp for being yeah, in like yeah. a school oh. trip or something where you yeah, just get to, to do all that fun stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, like lucky as hell to be that young, being paid to do something you love with people you like. It's it's a blessing for real. And there was drama though. I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, we got cracked. Never, the drama yeah. never for me, uh, threatened no. like my good times. I'm, I, but then again, I'm, I'm fairly Switzerland usually. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe that's just me, but I, whatever drama happened, I was like, I feel fairly insulated. Everything seems fine. I mean, you know, like when we did the whole Lila Todd switch over, yeah. That was that was right. kind of a rocky time for the Sweet Valley High gang. Sure. Yeah. 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 I, but yeah. I think also with that, uh, I was kept, I don't know about you, Amy, but I was kept so far away from that. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't like, I just, I kind of knew that it was happening. I was still friends with Ryan and Ly- and, um, and Bridget at the Bridget. time. Yep. So, so I was continuing to talk with them. Um, and then we lost Bruce. And then, and then Bruce. Yeah. Well, that was after the first season, even. Yeah, that was Bruce was after the first season, and then Lila and Todd was after the second, right? Second okay, or third, yeah. right? No, second. I think second. Was after the second? second. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Because I think we had Jeremy and Shirley for the last two seasons. I think. Oh, yeah. Anyway. You're right. The last two seasons. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, so there was yeah, a little I mean, bit. Of yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I guess I just didn't even consider that drama just because it wasn't. It didn't land on my doorstep. But yeah, I imagine you're right. Yeah, that is that that is a bit of drama right there. Uh, like a, to be too pretty. I know. So I'm so I'm like, eh, did it affect me? No, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> it was totally oh, free. I just did a balloon sailing. Hold on to that. <laughs> I I missed I missed even though I I really liked uh, I thought I thought. Uh, Chris was a sweetheart, Chris Jackson. I really missed uh, Brock. 
uh, Brock is one of my favorite people, Brock Burnett, who played the first Bruce. Um, yeah, we're big fans of his as well. Yeah. We think he did such a great job. And we he's just such all, a, a lovely human being too. Yeah, we were all really upset by that. Yeah. Like, we really were. Like, I remember it being, for me, I remember just being like, how could you do this to us? Like, this mm-hmm. is, this. We're, it's like us. You know, yeah. it's our, what did you guys call us on one of your things, the Scooby gang or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we were, it, it, it felt like a betrayal to me at the time. Mm-hmm. It really you know, you're did. You're totally like, right. You're so right. You know, I, I was I, really I think I'm sure that. By it. Yep. Yeah. 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 Because Brock, Brock was a friend, like a straight up friend. Uh, the hmm. The worst I could say for anybody on the show would be I I was cool with them. That's I didn't have literal problems with anybody. But Brock, I could hmm. say, was a friend. And so when 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 they had him go, that that was you're right, Amy. It did feel it did feel like a betrayal. But it was also an impotent feeling because I'm not changing anything. I'm not, mm-hmm. I have no power here. So you yeah. just kind of had to absorb that. Um, yeah. I mean, Brock and the first AD, Dan Katzman and I, we would go down to Mexico on the regular, just the three of us. Uh, just take weekends out and go and hang out in a little casita by the beach and just hang out for a day or two just to kind of unwind. And so it was, a, it was a major loss. That's right. Yeah, You're right. Amy. Plus he just is good energy, happy. I mean, you know, just like an all around nice guy. So yeah. it, at that point too, you're just like, why, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, they, so, they said something about him looking too old, Yeah. but I was like that. I mean, if you're going to go by that metric. Like not a one of them looks like they're under 35. So stop it. I forgot they had, they did say that they said he looked too old. I mean, it definitely wasn't acting because dude could act, you know? Um, He's yeah. been tr- like, cause we just finished the first season and he's just been a delight yes. throughout. Yes. Like well, just really funny. Us. You're going to mm. And when we start the second season, oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. He's not there. <laughs> Let's Thanks for ripping off that bandaid, Amy. I thought I was taking him off. Oh, you're moving swiftly on to the next question. Damn it. <laughs> um, Karen, can you ask the next question? Uh, Very detailed yeah. grilling list, as you can see. This is like a... um, oh, yeah. Okay, well, our next one. You did mention that Francine Pascal, I guess, was a producer on mm. the show, but I suppose, would you know if she had had much input into the series or whether she was happy with how it was going or well, I what, what her take say, on it was? I know Michael had said, you know, she was the executive producer, but mm. I mean, if you want to hear the, some dirt... <gasps> Yes, always. Of course. She was very involved the first season. She was, okay. I remember she gave us like, I still have, she gave us like these beautiful little Tiffany keychains with yeah. like SBH on them. And we, I have like, they, she gave us these Tiffany bookmarks that had SB. I mean, she was delightful. She was there a lot the first season, wow. but I will say, I think there was major jo- drama with who was to be in charge as we moved forward. And okay. she was not other than in title on credits. As far as I know, disappeared after the first season. Oh, wow. Um, 
which I, I think was a major loss for mm-hmm. us because uh, I think personally, Michael, I don't know if you agree, but I think that we could have had a, a different uh, lifespan for this show had they let her take the reins. Yeah, and I think that I, I she was trying to give input and they were, you know, it, there was definitely a push pull. And I think that uh, they, they kicked her out. I didn't know any of like, this is news to me too. Um, so that's, that's really upsetting uh, uh, that, that, that if, and I'm assuming that is the case that that's very upsetting. It doesn't sound unique in terms of, you know, power I mean, struggle. You ever seen stuff her like this after happens. the first season? Yeah. I mean, she was gone. No, you're right. You're right. I just assumed that she just wasn't around. But then again, I also was just Mr. Rose colored glasses. I'm like, everything's fine. <laughs> Fine. Um, like that meme with the dog in the room that's burning around. Seriously, the one time I tried doing something that was outside neutrality, uh, I got I got a real hard lesson in in Ooh. what in what it means to uh, stay in your lane, and I'm not going to share it here today. No. But I can <laughs> say. I can't say on the fourth the fourth season I got I got a stark lesson uh, right. about if you are willing to lose your job straight up lose your job then you can go ahead and stand up for everything so you better be you better be willing to put yourself in the line of fire and uh, and yeah I don't think that I don't think that is unique to our industry i think that's pretty much yeah. anywhere you know yeah. and it's it's a shame yeah i think you're right amy I, 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 just thinking about the 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 lines of the last three seasons versus the first no i, I, th- I think i think there was definitely a tonal shift i just mm-hmm. i just was very much like horse blinders i'm like this is the show we're doing and this is what i'm doing mm-hmm. um, yeah, but right. also saban was very well known at the time for wanting to get right into syndication. This um, isn't okay. this isn't my opinion. This is just it was an open discussion within people in the crew and people who just knew Saban Incorporated. They they were very good at picking up IPs, making just enough uh, episodes to then get it into syndication, which right. then just gets it making money. It generates money, and you just yeah. leave it alone. Yeah. So eighty-eight okay. episodes was, yep. from what I understand, the the lowest number that they could do oh, okay. to then enter syndication. Mm-hmm. I don't yep, think a I lot agree. of outlets would allow them to to present them with a package less than eighty-eight. Now that being said. Um, they shot on 16 millimeter. They could have shot on video because there was nothing like HD or digital. It was, they mm. could have shot, they could have shot this really crappy. They could have, mm. they could have really taken production value and thrown it in the can, but they didn't. The production value was good. They spent money on the show. So mm. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. But they did, I think just enough to get into syndication. Mm. So, yeah, you know, I was just going to make a comment about you guys, what you guys talk about when they use the lake instead of the ocean. Or oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we were we didn't have enough money for that to make yeah. it. Yeah. Right. That's we true. were obsessed with us about it. It was like, what is this 
the, the beach. There's jokes yeah, about the lake. Like, the beach. Except the beach. <laughs> There's a tree right next to us. This is a the, the oh, beach. Yeah. We got oh, yes. We got quite uh, quite uh, overwrought by impassioned about it. <laughs> These are the things that we really stick to. Yeah. yeah. They're like sticklers for beach accuracy, accuracy apparently. But, um, but what I mean, you talked about what sort of you know doing like events in the Mall of America and stuff before the show aired but after it did air and like it aired on this side of the Atlantic as well it aired mm. on Irish TV it aired on British TV um, pretty much simultaneous you know so it was obviously being exported around the world and viewed all over America um, what sort of feedback did you get uh, because obviously this is just before you know the the internet really became a sort of a place for the average fan to mm. you know I was in college when it aired and I don't think you know art students did not have internet access mm-hmm. in university. <laughs> oh. so um what yeah. was the sort of fan response like in that pre-internet as we know it age I mean I feel like it was relatively big do you, Michael? I mean, we were getting yeah. fan mail and yeah. I know it was like, you know, it got transferred in Germany. It was in German. Mm. Um, our friend, I have a friend in Austria who watched it and sent us a copy in, in you know, with it dubbed. Oh. With it. <laughs> I think I just found that. I'll have to send that to you, Michael. Please, um, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. It, it's funny to hear our voices. I would say that it was, it was really great. I don't know. I mean, we got a lot of fan mail. I, we, we were, you know, meeting people when we were out. What What do you think? Yeah. I mean, definitely there, the, there was actual mail, uh, you know, which seems quaint today, but that's, mm-hmm. that was, that was how it came in. And uh, I just would hear from my agent or from the producers, like, this is how the show is doing in, uh, England. This is how the show is doing in Germany, in Korea. And we would, I mean, I know I was shocked that, I mean, it was doing really, really well overseas because I thought Mm -hmm. it was just a very kind of like American property and Mm -hmm. that they would only be America who would get it. I don't know. I had a very narrow view of what young adult (laughs) Mm -hmm. meant back then, but it was, I Mm -hmm. think it hit a lot of, uh, I mean, it checked a lot of boxes for a lot of people. Um, that was really happy. I think it probably did well, better overseas than it did in the U.S. Uh, I think yeah, I remember I've heard that a couple of times. Yeah. 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 Well, the books were. I mean, one of the funniest things that we got sent from listeners to the podcast are the international covers, which have to be seen to be believed. Because <laughs> in some of them, they're like some local artist has done a version of the American edition which is uh, quite spectacular but um, <laughs> i think there's there's obviously it's an ideal thing in that sense to to sell overseas as a tv show because it's based on these books that have been translated mm. into as far as i can tell pretty much yeah. every language on earth yeah. so right because francine so, pascal laid the groundwork right so everybody yeah. everybody knew yeah so so true so true yeah so we yeah we've just finished uh watching and recapping season one but as we've mentioned that the show went on for four seasons um and i guess yeah how did working on the series change as time went on i know you've mentioned there was some changes in cast but uh was there anything else that kind of comes to mind with that well the first season we were in you know i would say location wise they had Hmm. built 
they had built a, the set inside this sort of warehouse that was 45 minutes from LA. Wouldn't you say okay. it was, it was yeah. quite a ways. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And we were in the middle of like a, you know, like a, a corporate park. It, it was, it was, huh. it was nothing Hollywood at all. <laughs> Where's the glamour? <laughs> uh, it was like being on the MGM loft in the 40s yeah. or anything like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> in the second season, we actually, they built us, well, the Power Rangers was out there as well. That's yes, probably why were. we were yep. right next door to the Power Rangers. They So that's probably why they put us there. Yep. And then the second season until the end, we actually had a proper... I mean, proper, you know, location that was much closer to everyone and more in the city. Mm. And they built a, you know, a much nicer set, I would say, for the second, third and fourth seasons. Yeah. And um, yes. Oh, no, sorry. Go on. No, oh, no, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> sorry, this is the, this is like the Zoom danger where it's like, oh, sorry, sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> it's been two years and we're still all getting used to it. Because the, the books were being published, you know, at the same time that the TV series was airing. I mean, some of our, our copies of the books um, that, that we get hold of have your photos on the yes. cover. So was yes. did you keep any, like, what was experience was that like to suddenly be like, you know, book cover stars and did you keep all the you know the the Enid and Winston centric books that had your images on them or did you did they even send them to you no I just my I just got one that my mom had that I'm like on the telephone and it was like a it was like a scary one and I was like oh (laughs) Um, yeah it was it was interesting like I remember going into Barnes and Noble at the time and there you know the at that time in the nineties, it was like Sweet Valley High had like its oh. own huge section mm. in the in the teen area. And I remember seeing them for the first time and just being like, Oh my gosh, this is like crazy. <laughs> you know? Um so it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. Do you have any of yours? Uh the old uh, the there was one where I was looking out this window and I remember shooting <laughs> it. It was super, super sketchy photographer who was shooting that day, and I'm like, oh, uh. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about you. Um, at least that's that's where that's where my mind was. So I'm like, I have no problem. Like, this is supposed to be a thriller. I'm not comfortable at all with this guy. So I'm looking out the window, like, am I right now? This guy's weird. Um, and so I bought one copy of that, and uh, I gave it to my mom. So if she still has it, I think I know that exact cover actually that you're talking about. Yeah. I think it was what Winston saw. That's and it. You are literally that's looking it. out a window. That's it. That's the window. <laughs> so the creepiness so, of the scene obviously lent itself to your acting. That guy, that guy <laughs> I think that's his own movie. What Winston? Oh, no. saw. <laughs> it does. Uh, that's Sweet Valley Nights. I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Actually, we do, um, like, I didn't know that that, that is uh, weirdly interesting that they they, they did, they took extra photos because I always assumed they were just stills from the TV series that they Not just happened to use on the book. So, yeah, yeah, it was a proper shoot. They didn't yeah. shoot, yeah. Oh, wow. And we went wow. Universal to that hotel and we, we shot that whole day at the pool. Uh-huh. We have, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we did. It was like a whole separate thing. We, we did, okay. yeah, a yeah. bunch of photo shoots for those. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, listen, thank you guys so much for for ta- uh, for uh, for talking to us. It has been an absolute it's been delight. A real 
Um, uh, what are you? What's keeping you busy these days? Were you just recovering from Thanksgiving? Uh, I know that you yeah. had Thanksgiving yesterday. So <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, Michael, it's, it's the Michael, baby for Michael, me. You're still fully acting, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I I just got back from Florida shooting a Lifetime thriller <gasps> called Deadly Suspicion. Oh, <laughs> very sweet, Billy. Very sweet, Billy. They may change the name. The name's fine, and it's totally lifetime and, and the movie's actually really well written. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But more than anything, I'm just looking forward to spending as much time as I can with my, my daughter. I've got a two-year-old. So that's, that's, my, that's my, main, my main stuff. Yeah, is spending time with the kiddo. Oh. Uh, and this has been really, it's been really cool lately because we all, you know, haven't been in touch in years. And I think we all just sort of found each other. Like yeah. I started talking to Harley recently yeah. and you, know, you, Michael, and just, it yeah. just feels like really, um, it's really great. And I'm glad that we got to do this because, Same. uh, you know, it's, I think we're all just starting to reconnect and, and it's been, it's been really, really wonderful for me. It, it totally has. It totally yeah. has. Uh, it's it's been it's been a blessing. You know, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Facebook or Meta as it's now oh. been branded <laughs> or its owner proprietor. But I must say that uh, Instagram has been has been a real boon in many ways because mm. I wouldn't I, I I had no way of contacting Amy or Brock or. Any anybody who I keep in touch with via Instagram, uh, it it is the platform that that helped us do that that it, that uh, made that possible. So I'm really yeah. thankful for that. Absolutely, I would yeah. agree. I mean, it took me a long time to get on there because I didn't do any, I didn't do any social media. I just was very very against it. And so, you know, but now you. I'm, I mean, it's been it has it's been amazing. It's yeah. been amazing. So yeah, yeah. Oh well, I'm glad that it's uh, it's enabled you to to come and talk to the to us on the show because mm. it has been an absolute delight. And we know our listeners who are always uh, they are you you are two, the the two of the fan favorites of the show of it's our true. show yeah. as well as the actual show. Yes, you so. I just want to say that I love the two of you. I think it's been <laughs> so refreshing to to revisit these episodes. Um, with you two oh. sharing <laughs> um, and sometimes ripping us apart, which I actually really appreciate. Yeah. Um, with affection. I tell everyone, I mean, it's, it's just really great because I get to relive the episode, but I also sort of have this comical view on what you guys see. So it's been great. And so thank you for that. Oh, thank uh, you so much. You guys are great. Yeah. And thank you so yeah. much for putting yeah. this together. It was really nice oh, chatting with you. Really great seeing you, Amy. Oh, my God. So good seeing you. We're going to get together. Yes. yes. <laughs> now, now I feel like that we have, we've just performed some sort of service. We are bringing friends <laughs> together. For me, you have. Yeah. Thank you. Who needs Mark What's-His-Face and Meta every calling it this week? We just need pod- podcasters bringing people together. Yes. <laughs> and it through us. Instagram, which he does own, but still, we'll just... Yeah, right, right. That's, that's the sticky part. 
Oh, okay. Um, well, on that note, we will end this very, very special episode of Pi Beat Alpha. Um, Pi Beat Alpha listeners, we will see you in the main feed next week where we discuss a book called Stephen's Bride. Now, Stephen does not exist in the TV show because he's the it twins' brother because they don't have any family or parents. Never parents in the show. What's up with that? It's like Lord of the Flies in Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> just running wild. Yeah. Who has the conscience? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm surprised and end up with somebody's head on a stick I'm at some stage. You, I'm <laughs> telling you, leaving us to our own devices. Bad idea. Surprise in the very last episode. Am I? Do you know what I'm talking about, Michael? Which which we surprise? Talk about parents. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. Just wait oh. till episode 88. Oh, I forgot about that. There is a surprise for everyone, so don't 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 worry. I forgot about that. I just oh, oh just, my okay. god! Oh my god! That's very exciting. We we have got very our, us and the listeners did get very amused and. Uh, by the fact that even when the twins were kidnapped at the end of season two or season one, the parents are nowhere to be seen. It's it's up to the kids to find, (laughs) not the parents. Please, absolutely useless. (laughs) But the 15-year-olds got this. They're all over it. They got this. Teen, teen vigilantes. That's That's it could have dark, right? But it didn't. But it could have. <laughs> it really could have. Well, somebody did say it's like, no wonder, you know, the teens are basically just rearing themselves in the wilds of Sweet Valley. So no wonder there's so many kidnappings and, you know, <laughs> dramas and people going missing. And so it's like no adults around, apart from the random cops who just turn up. Uh, well, that's oh. it, right? Oh, that's true. true. <laughs> okay, so they're, they, at least they have some, you know, authority figures I mean, Very occasional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, sadly, we will, uh, we will, we will be um, taking little a little break from recapping just over Christmas, listeners. But we will be back with the non DVD copied versions of season two so we'll be doing our best to make it out in the youtube fuzz but uh we will see you all in the main feed next week for steven's bride and uh we will see you here very soon and uh in the meantime thank you again so much amy and michael thank you guys you've been great This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.